Carroll bringing it forward. Thompson's making the run. Carroll hangs on to it though. Still Davy Carroll. Could go all the way here. Oh, what a goal! Hello, I'm Phil Catchpole and welcome back to Ringing the Blues. Yes, we have returned to guide you through the Chairboys season back in League One. Coming up on this week's show, we hear from Gaz. You know, the last time I was over with them when I met Slash from Guns N' Roses, so this is easy. Some fans. Why have they done it so late? We could have had the chance of still being in the championship. And the Wickham chairman, Rob Kuhig. The league knew, or should have known, that we were being relegated unfairly at that point. But first, let's head to Mexico to see how Uri is. We are ringing the blues from the city of Merida in the Yucatan Peninsula that's really close to the Mayan Riviera in Mexico. My name is Uri, and it's good to be back in Ringing the Blues. And here are the results for the League One. AFC Wimbledon nil, Plymouth Argyle 1, Accrington Stanley 1, Wigan Athletic 4, Bolton Wanderers nil, Rotterdam United 2, Cheltenham Town 1, Oxford United nil, Crew Alexandra 2, Burton Albion 0, Doncaster Rovers 1, Morre Cambay 0, Fleetwood Town 2, Sunderland 2, Gillingham 1, MK Dons 4, Lincoln City 0, Ipswich Town 1, Portsmouth 1, Cambridge United 2, Sheffield Wednesday 1, Shrewsbury Town 1, Wycombe Wanderers 2, Charlton Athletic 1. And as for Cherboy Spanish this week, we've got a request from Ed Sir on Twitter. And he says, a return to the championship is looking on the cards. So in Spanish, return is retorno or regreso. Championship, looking on the cards. Se ve en las cartas. But uh, more than looking, it's more like uh, the cards give us uh, divination. So, because uh, the, the, the slang for on the cards is it's likely to happen. So, a return to the championship is looking on the cards. Un regreso a la championship se adivina en las cartas. Well, Ed Sear, hope your divination is clear. And, uh, well... Now it is time to say happy birthday to my amigo Phil Catchpole because his birthday is happening in these days. And also, let's warn Pep Guardiola because he will face the dreaded Akin Fengwa on the cup. Good luck to the Cher Boys against Man City. This is all for me on Ringing the Blues this time. See you next week. Adios. And a happy birthday to Uri too. He shares his big day with Anthony Stewart. 
Now, on Saturday, Charlton Athletic rocked up to Adams Park along with their 100% league record against the Chairboys. Six wins from six. Well, here's what happened. McCleary on the edge of the area again. Goes on the outside of Dobson. Goes for goal! What a strike from Gareth McCleary. Finally, Wickham find a way through and it's taken a bit of magic from Gareth McCleary. Third goal of the season from him. A Wickham lead here at Adams Park. Wickham Wanderers won. Charlton nil. Back to Jacobson. Jacobson crosses again. A beater back across the face of goal. McCleary! Second goal of the afternoon for him. He heads in from inches out. And Wickham have doubled their advantage. A beater across the face of goal. And Gareth McCleary, he could have missed that. Heads home. It's Wickham 2. Charlton nil. Scrambling around here to get this one clear as he goes to the back post. And it's there! Sam Lavelle. Well, it had to be, didn't it? Stockdale is furious with the referee and everyone, really. And they have got the goal, and it is interesting now at the end here. Gareth, three wins from three in the league at Adams Park, but that was a bit tense at the end. Yeah, and it's going to be, you know, um, they're a good side, Charlton Athletic. They're a big club, you know, and, and uh, there's, there's no way they'll finish where they are in the league right now. Um, so for me, that's a huge scalp. Teams are always going to chuck the kitchen sink at you, you know, 2 0 down in the last five minutes, and that's what they did. They got their goal. A um, little bit nervy at the end, but I thought. Being honest, we were worth three, four, five goals today. We really did play some fantastic stuff around the edge of the box. Um, Gareth's come up with two. Um, we can be more clinical, but I'm um, really proud of the boys. You know, um, the fitness levels, the the closing down, the way we we suffocated what Charlton wanted to do today. Um, I thought it was excellent. They they tried to spring a formation change on us, which uh, which we did last week on Oxford. You know, and uh, and we had to deal with that. You know, you work all week on one formation, and then another one comes up, and uh, and you have to be adaptable. So, really proud of the boys. I mean, the midfielder too, Curtis Thompson, Josh Garn. Just how many regains they got today was ridiculous. But again, they'll credit everyone around them for forcing them long, and and the, the centre backs winning their headers. Stockholm's devastated in there. He wants to keep clean sheet every game, but um, yeah, it was tougher, and people will probably go home a little bit nervous. But please remember the first. 89 minutes because it was uh, it was fantastic football from Wickham and uh, and I think people are now realising what a force we we can be in this league. I'm really proud of the boys and uh, got a good depth in that squad as well. McCarthy, Wheeler, Mamete, you know, um, Gape, all not getting on the pitch and, and some some of these development boys really coming to as well. So um, yeah, looking forward to the next game um, next Saturday at MK Dons now. Uh, I know McCleary got the goals, but and I know you don't like to single players out, but he really was exceptional today, wasn't he? Yeah, Gareth's a player that five years ago I wouldn't have been able to attract to Wickham Wanderers, you know, and uh, with uh, with the Keurigs in charge now, um, they'll back me when I uh, when I go for these players. And and if I'm honest, Gareth backed himself. He, he came on trial at the start of last season, and uh, and he's really he's paid dividends. Uh, today he's uh, he's a super talent, uh, but he's played at the top level, so. When it's needed that little bit of individual brilliance, um, you look at your, your, your players who've played at the, the top level and uh, Volksy and, and, and Gareth, you know, I mean, just you know, awesome. Jordan Obita as well, you know, up there, you know, he's played a big hand in that second goal. So, um, really proud of the boys. And uh, like I said, I don't like singling players out, but Gareth will take the headlines. But um, I thought we were immense all over the pitch today. Big cup game coming up in, the, in midweek, but as a bit of a marker for how far this club has come it's the league that's the utmost priority but the trip to Man City's barely been mentioned Listen, I'm not going to belittle a trip to Man City it's the 
probably the, the one of the top five clubs in Europe, you know, and, and we've got to we've got to respect that and, and go there and really enjoy the experience, learn what we can, maybe cause an upset. You never know. I'd be honoured to share the pitch with Pep Guardiola and and, uh, and his boys, and and um, I'm hoping that um, you know we, we come away with respect from Manchester, either whatever, just be competitive. But um, you know, MK Dons next week is huge for me. It really is. You know, it's uh, it's a tough place to go. Big pitch. They're playing some great stuff and. Uh, and uh, you know, I'll be lying if I if I might not have a sneaky look at MK Dons while I'm when I'm in the hotel in Manchester. So um, the leagues, the leagues are bread and butter, but what a fantastic cup tie we've got, you know. And, and I want the fans to enjoy it. I want them to come up, enjoy being at the Etihad, and uh, maybe dream of what one day could be. Will you be brushing up your Spanish for Tuesday as well? <laughs> no, my Spanish is very broken, and I speak a lot of slang, so um, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, there'll be an ola definitely, and. Uh, and uh, hopefully, you know, there won't be any arguments. But um, he's he's a top guy. He's he's one of the most respected managers uh, from me that you could imagine. Um, he always credits other people. He credits his owners. He credits people who get him the best players. And he says his job's easy. Um, I know that he has a big influence there. But to credit everyone else, I think is a sign of a great leader. And uh, he's uh, he's up there for me. And. In the top managers of all time, so be like I say, an honour to share a pitch with him. But we won't be overawed. Um, you know, the last time I was overawed was when I met Slash from Guns N' Roses. So this is easy. Um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna make sure that we enjoy the occasion and uh, we, you know, we give a good account of Wickham Wonders because I'm proud and those fans are proud of what we're doing here. It's uh, it's brilliant. So the Addicts' poor run continues, and that is Wickham's first win over them since the League Cup quarter-final in 2006, which coincidentally is the last League Cup game the Chairboys won without penalties, and all of this just before we beat Man City on Tuesday. Anyway, here's some disgruntled Charlton fans. It's the opposition view. Killer and Flash. For 10 minutes, we were okay. Then Wickham sussed us out. Our weaknesses down the flanks and the complete lack of pressure we put on their players were able to pass the ball around our penalty box to their heart's content. The first goal was inevitable. And since Nigel made no changes to the formation at half-time, the second was no surprise either. We could have snatched something in the last 10 minutes as Wickham sub their best attackers, but it would have been a travesty if we'd have snatched a draw. New York Attic. Really poor from us. No movement whatsoever, and the usual default long ball to Stockley, who was well marshalled by two huge centre-backs. McCleary and Organ were excellent for them, and ring rings round us. Look out. Once Wickham gained a foothold, this match was only going one way. But oddly, on about 80 minutes, Wickham decided they could see the game out with only 10 men by bringing on an almost completely immobile Akin Fenwa. That took the wind out of their sails, their movement up front stopped completely and we were allowed to grow back into the game. Unfortunately, being devoid of confidence, we didn't have enough to capitalise. Bexley Boy 2 On the positive side, in the last 10 minutes, we were very good. 
Patel. Wickham would have scored more if they hadn't taken off their front three. 2-1 flat at us. Look at our players' body language. Something is very wrong at the moment. Croydon. The last 10 minutes glossed over what was truly a terrible performance. It, it could have been 5-0. The away end turned toxic too quickly though, and that does nothing for the team. Atletico Charlton. It's not the losing, although that clearly doesn't help, but the lack of attacking play and shots that's so depressing. Every match we're getting bossed by small League One sides. Is it Atkins? Is it recruitment? I suspect a bit of both, but it really is the worst time to be a Charlton fan ever. So little joy. Tom. I don't care if Wickham recently come down from the championship. I never thought I'd see the day when we were getting turned over by that lot. Atkins has to go. This is an absolute joke. It's, it's actually sad. Thai Malaysia Addict. I don't know about anyone else, but I'm finding it hard to take two consecutive defeats to sides that were playing non-league football not so long ago. Valley 11. That was atrocious. Utterly pathetic. I say this with total rationality and no agenda against Atkins, but that first half was the worst half of football I've seen in 35 years. No game plan, no tactical plan, and that's on Adkins. Matt White. When you're getting sacked in the morning is sung by your own fans, the end is hopefully nigh. Flying Kiwi DK. Bring back Curbs the Saviour. Many of you would have seen the news that Derby County have gone into administration over the weekend. This will result in a points deduction from the EFL, but it all comes a little bit late for Wickham. I spoke to some fans about this before the Charlton game. Why have they done it so late? We could have had the chance of still being in the championship. Are you frustrated as a fan as well? I am. Yes, I am. But I know we'll still be down the bottom, so it don't matter, does it? <laughs> Very upset that it's taken into the new season to sort it out when it should have been happened last year and hopefully kept Wickham in the championship. Wickham are doing well in League One, the sun's out, you're back at the football, but all of a sudden you're now having to talk about last season as well. And Is that the frustrating part of it? That is the frustrating part when we could be going to championship grounds that we haven't been to before. And of course, last season, there were no fans at the games. You missed your chance to go to all those big games. 
and that must really rub salt into the wound. Yes, not very good at all, but it was always good listening to you on the uh, iPlayer. Oh, I'll, I'll buy you a pint later. <laughs> Thank you. It's kind of irrelevant to us because they were never going to do anything that would help us. So their situation is theirs, ours is ours. We went down and I'm, I'm quite happy where we are and to get back in our own way, under our own steam. So you're not angry at the EFL, not angry at Derby? Well, it's, it's not good to, to cook the books as they have and the EFL should have dealt with it a lot quicker. But, you know, whether that affects us or not is kind of by the by. Frustrated, yes. Wayne Rooney's Derby County, I think, may have had some influence in uh, the way the EFL handled the situation. But we've got to get on with it now. We can't, can't change what's happened. It's frustrating. It would have been nice to have gone to some grounds up in the championship. But we've got the best squad we've ever had. Just go and get back there. That's all we can do. So you're blaming the EFL? 100%, yeah. After the game, I took the opportunity to catch up with Chairman Rob Kuhig. I started off by asking him about the Derby situation. Well, it's ridiculous. Everybody who understands anything about the business of football knows that they have been unable to pay their bills. They've been supported by uh, Mel, and, and at some point he was going to get tired of it, and that's what's happened. But when, when you're looking at it, and remember, this was evident, they had the right to borrow money that the league had set up. The league wouldn't lend them the money because they wouldn't meet the financial criteria. At that point, the league should have stepped up and said, you're done. Uh, you, 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 you can't meet our financial test. Now, that's me because I've got members of the trust calling me now saying, when are we going to sue? When are we going to do this? When are we going to do that? The other side of the coin is it's not set up very well as a league to really supervise people. I saw uh, one of y'all's heroes, Gary Neville, was talking about, oh, we need a government uh, supervisor of this. What we need is for the league to take care of itself and to promptly punish people who are knowingly breaking the rules. If that had happened, we'd be in the championship. And here's what I know, Phil, with our team in the championship, we would have stayed. It's a lot of money at stake between the two divisions. You know that all too well because Wickham were there last season. Right. You've alluded to legal action over many interviews since that relegation. Is anything possible here? Anything's possible here. Between Wickham and the EFL, Wickham and Derby, how does this, how does this work? Well, it'd be wrong of me to speculate on how it works because that would suggest that I met with lawyers at 7.30 this morning. And a lawyer yourself as well, so you're coming from this from, from a, a decent yeah. point of knowledge. I, I, well, it's a different legal system. It's a, it's a closed system in that it's among league teams, against the league, and all of that. Uh, the rules are intricate and have to be studied, and there are those who have sort of a cottage industry of knowing league rules. And so I wouldn't presume my sort of 40 years of experience of trying lawsuits successfully uh, to suggest what could happen. So Wickham fans, when this was announced uh, on Friday night with Derby County with their incoming administration and then the, the points that would be coming, what's your message to the Wickham fans about what Rob Kuhig, their chairman, is going to be doing? He's going to be looking at all of our options. He has heard them. He is studying it. And it ain't over till it's over. What's frustrating, though, is after Middleborough, the league knew or should have known that Derby was in real trouble. The league knew or should have known that they had been violating the rules for three to four years. The league knew 
or should have known that we were being relegated unfairly at that point because under any other circumstance they would have suffered a, at least a two-point penalty we would have stayed up and off we go the failure to properly conduct the affairs has cost this league not just ten uh, this team not just 10 million pounds for this year but a legacy amount that's probably equivalent the good news is we walked out of there and said we're a championship league team you can see we're dressing up this place as good as any team in the championship league. We are bringing in players and we're doing it our way, which is not overspending, that can compete in the championship. So we are a championship team that if called upon could play there tomorrow. The Football League, as an overseas owner, you'd have had to have done the fit and proper persons test. I mean, you, you, you had to go through quite a rigorous process to get hold of Wickham Wanderers and now the tables have turned here a little bit. You're saying, actually, are the EFL fit and proper to run our divisions? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. They are fit and proper. I think that they they allowed certain things to get away from them. Look, I, I, again, I was thinking of the guy who was saying, oh, we got to get another government regulator. You can't stop a guy who's going to hold up a bank by all the rules in the world. You know, it, people will break the rules. What you can do, though, is that you can warn them off by showing swift action. I don't know how Derby survives this. Everybody says, well, they'll just go into administration. Who's, the way you get out of administration is you got to come up with enough money to pay debts, right? Who's going to buy a team where you can't tell them how many points are going to be deducted and when? How do they do anything? Of course, I saw they won today. I mean, it's a remarkable thing that they're hanging together. Uh, all credit to them, but it's wrong what's going on. Well, let's talk about happier things, Rob, because today well, happy we're, with that. we're stood at the side of Adams yeah. Park here. It's beautiful here. The sun's dipping down behind the trees. It's the most picturesque football league ground in the country. And Wickham Wanderers have just won their third uh, consecutive league game here at Adams Park. And you were here to see it. Well, and I got to see the fireworks during the daytime when they told me that you couldn't see the fireworks during the daytime. I'll talk to you about that in a second, but talk to me about the game today. You must have been chuffed to see the win. Oh, I was excited. And let me tell you what, you got to see it. and You know football much better than I do. But our club plays with heart, but not small team heart. We're good athletes who compete at an athletic level and we play hard and we win and we pound it. We could have had three, four more goals I think as an untrained eye early on but we're in there and we're pounding and we do it as a team and I find it to be the most exciting thing I've been around in. well and also you're able to come over and see it now in the flesh and also to to take part in and look at the improvements around here the new floodlights the new speaker system and let's let's talk about the fireworks I mean I'm 43 now unbelievably to me the best thing about getting fans into football is winning teams it doesn't matter what's going on off the pitch but the fireworks what's that designed for is that is that the younger audience to bring them in well younger audiences older audiences here's my belief it doesn't bring anybody in necessarily today but anybody who came and watched it says Next time they have fireworks, I'm going to make sure I'm there because they put on it. We give value for the, for the pound. That's our entire role. We give value on the pitch. We give it off. We have the Wi-Fi system so anybody can, you know, they can theoretically go on and listen to iFollow on the radio. I don't know if it works that way, if you can do it in, in, the, in the UK while the game's here. But you, you can watch your favorite uh, Premier League team on your phone here. Why you doing it? You can order your food here while you're doing it. I, I think that uh, we're sneaking up on some people on in terms of 
the creature comforts that we offer. Uh, can I request that the fireworks are definitely here in the winter because they chuck off some heat, tell me, I'll tell you that. I tell you what, those fire, I was standing near it, and, and I'll tell you a true story. Before it, I saw Matt uh, Cecil, our PR guy, came inside and he looked like he had been singed. <laughs> and I said, what happened? He says, I was standing close to the fireworks when they tested them. Yeah, well, I would raise my eyebrows at that, but there aren't any left. That's so, exactly yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, so fireworks off the pitch, um, fireworks very much on the pitch as well. And, you know, the goal surely this season now with this start is, is promotion back to the championship at the first attempt. I, I think I told you this before the season started. Our goal is, is promotion. It's have always been, and, and, and beyond goal, it's expectation. And where Wickham are on the pitch, you know, two points, averaging two points a game after seven games, that's good. But everything off the pitch now, so much going on that, you know, that fans can't see day-to-day, uh, -day, the commercial activity, everything else. Because of the pandemic, that's, that's going to have slowed you down. Are you happy with where you're at now in your tenure and how the club's doing off the pitch? Well, anybody who knows me knows I'm never totally happy. But yeah, I think we're, we're doing well. I think the best testament to how well we're doing you know, we talk about our players on the pitch that we, a couple of, of players left because we got big money for them and they wanted to move up and move on and we helped them out. Off the pitch, uh, we, we lost uh, Kelly Francis, our club secretary, for 10 years because she went up to Tottenham. That's what it's about for us. We want to help everybody get there. So we'll bring in a new commercial manager this week. We'll bring in a new club secretary this week. We just brought in a new hospitality person. We have the new ticket company, and we've been going over it because we had some snafus with them. We, we spent all day Friday in a conference call with vendors about how to make the retrieval of our information more user-friendly so that we can know that when Phil Catchpole's here, he likes to get a hot dog and a beer, and we can have it almost ready for him as he's coming down Hill Bottom Road. That's the goal. I look forward to those days. Um, talking about coming up and down Hillbottom Road, I mean, you've been trying out with the park and ride and, and the, the introduction of the bus system again. Um, early days, but how's that going? Fantastic. I don't think anybody's complained about a, a ability to park. Uh, and we did a couple of simple things. You only get to park here if you pre-buy your ticket. Big sign at the bottom of Hillbottom Road, don't bother coming down here thinking you can get a ticket. And it worked. Uh, but we're not finished. We think that these need for a different access road or out so that we can put more people here for the games. But until we get that done, we'll keep it this way. And the park and ride is fantastic. I give uh, Neil Peters credit. He and, and Trevor Stroud worked on that, got it set up. We're at, I want to say, two locations or three now, but we'll be at four or five. One of the things we're looking at is having some pick and rides, uh, not park and ride, pick and rides from... 15 Aylesbury, is that it? Uh, in a couple of towns like that, uh, Beaconsfield, where you can go down, you can park your car, you can get in the bus, come over and watch the game, get here 45 minutes early, stay a couple of minutes after the game, and have a great time. That's We have got to constantly think of what we can do to make it fan-friendly so that everybody wants to come on. Gareth's going to do his job, but, but we also know we have no control over what happens out there. You get a referee who, or, or, or a player or whatever, something goes wrong. But I want people, when they walk out of here, say, that was a terrific time. Rob, and you and Pete and, and Missy, when she's here as well, you like to be around the fans, you like to wander around. And, and she people... was working the shop today. I told her she's got to come watch the game, and she did. 
Well, that's good to hear as well. But also, you're, you're available for the fans, aren't you? So when these new systems come in, there'll always be teething problems when right. new stuff comes in. But if fans want to have their say and, 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 and give you feedback, that, that's, that's impossible. How do they do that? They, what most of them have found is that they email me and I call them right back. <laughs> I mean, it's as simple as that. Um, you know, or they call the club and say, is Rob around? And, they, and they'll send me a message and I call them. Uh, and here's the thing. I... You know this, I was not a big football fan. I'm learning the game, but I'm an event fan. And the way to have successful events is to make sure your customers are happy. And I know some of my customers hate it when I call them customers instead of fans, uh, but they are our customers. They are the lifeblood of this club. And so the more I can make them happy, the more we have a better chance to succeed. Brilliant stuff, thank you very much, Rob. Yeah, good to see you back. Right, that's your lot for this week. Thanks for tuning back in and thanks also to Rob for his time. We'll be back after the Shrewsbury game. In the meantime, come on you blues. <laughs>